Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds. On May 31st and June 1st, hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Tuesday. This is Seattle Now. We are in the thick of the November election cycle. You've only got a week to hand in your ballots. If you're still trying to figure out how to vote, we've got you. KUOW's David Hyde asked candidates from each race about the big issues in their districts. He'll break all that down for us. But first, let's get you caught up. Speaking of elections, national business and real estate groups are outspending labor unions and progressive orgs in Seattle's city council race. Crosscut reports so far centrist and right-leaning candidates have pulled in close to $900,000 in donations from outside interest groups. That compares to just 200000 from left-leaning groups. The city has a contribution cap for individuals and local campaigns, but several organizations have formed committees to collect bigger pools of donations. You can find the full list of contributors at the Seattle Ethics and Election Commission website. We'll drop a link in the show notes. Another Washington State ferry is out of service after breaking down this weekend, putting further strain on an already thin fleet. The ferry Chimayacum was docked Saturday after a rod broke in one of its engines. It'll need to be dry docked to make repairs. The state is now left with 21 active boats. A Washington State ferry spokesperson told the Seattle Times that's the minimum number needed for the ferry system to function. And Halloween treats are a little spendier this year. Bloomberg reports wholesale cocoa prices are their highest in 45 years. And because of poor weather from West Africa to India, sugar is in short supply too. But wait, there's more. Shipping is also more expensive, which is why, according to industry experts, we're paying about 10% more for bags of holiday candy. But if you think that's scary, those same experts say we'll probably pay even more by Christmas and Valentine's Day. The November election is one week from today. I bet you probably got a ballot in your mail pile right now. Seattle City Council is in play. The issues that candidates are hashing out are the ones you might think. Crime, top of the list. KUOW invited candidates for a series of district dashes hosted by Libby Dankman and David Hyde. David is here now to sum it up for us. David Hyde, thanks for being here. After hosting all those district dashes. You can hear them all online at KUOW.org. Before we get going, let's refresh for listeners who may be playing catch up here. How many candidates and how many districts are involved in November's election? I want to answer that question, but can we play a little game first? Because this is what we've been doing (laughs) with the Seattle City Council candidates. So I wanted to just give folks and you a flavor of how these uh, events have been going at KOW by asking you some of the questions we've been asking some of the candidates. All right. You said it was a fun time. Let's go. You're down? Okay, this is called the lightning round. So these are all either-or questions. There is a right answer here, so don't get it wrong. (laughs) Get ready. Space Needle or Smith Tower? Ooh, I'm going to say Smith Tower. Fremont Troll or Lenin Statue? Ooh, Fremont Troll. Second part of that, there's a follow-up. Should the Lenin Statue be torn down? No. All right, this (laughs) this one, Trish, sounds like a weather question, but it's more of a sports question. Storm or rain? Mmm, storm, baby. Sonics or Kraken? Oh, you're going to do this to me? Kraken. 
That one really stumped one of the candidates in the ballot race, refused to answer it. Okay, finally, District 5, North Seattle, which is your district, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, you're meeting someone on Greenwood Ave for lunch. Are you having falafel or a burger? Oh, come on. I'm always down for a burger. All right. You're good. At, I mean, you should run. You're good at this. You're, you, you, you're, uh, you've got your finger on the pulse. All right, David. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Let's dive in now. How many candidates and how many districts are involved in this year's election? You want me to do math? It's very simple math here. I'm going to misquote the uh, Bad Max movie Thunderdome starring Tina Turner. Four <laughs> candidates enter, seven candidates leave. So what? that's seven candidates to represent seven city council districts starting next year if they win. And if the math seems a little weird, we have nine council seats, but two of them are citywide, and they were up in the last election, not this time. Okay. All right. There's the landscape. Of course, Seattle is many shades of blue in terms of politics. So let's talk about where the candidates fall on the spectrum from moderate to very progressive. Not as wide as it's been in recent elections, for sure. Uh, you know, for around a decade, the furthest left candidate, Shama Sawant,'s been representing the Capitol Hill central area of Seattle. She's not running for reelection this year, so that's a big change no matter what. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Seattle had two police abolitionists running for citywide office in our last local election a couple of years ago, meaning they want to abolish policing as we know it because of the history of racist policing and mass incarceration in the United States. We don't have any candidates of the 14 taking that position this year. And in fact, a number of the more progressive candidates are doing their best to sound very pro-cop. What does that tell you, David? You know that there's kind of been a shift. Candidates this year are talking a lot about public safety. And I think it's because crime has emerged as a big issue. You hear people talking about it. I think it's not that complicated. Read the paper, listen to the news, watch TV. In other big cities, the homicide rate's going down, and here it's going up. You know, I'm glad you brought up public safety because that is definitely top of mind for a lot of voters. What are you hearing from them? Yeah, I mean, just anecdotally, when I was out at the ballot boxes around the primary, voters of all political stripes talk about public safety right now. And, you know, the way they want it addressed might differ, but there's concern about that. And I think, look at the polling on this issue, Trish, Crime is now even essentially with homelessness in terms of the top issues that voters say they're concerned about. And that's a huge change from a couple of years ago and, and earlier when just homelessness was the number one issue. This year, crime and public safety have become big concerns for voters. And we're seeing that reflected also in what the candidates are saying. So if you take District 6 in the Ballard area, That's a race Mm -hmm. that pits a progressive incumbent, Dan Strauss, against Fremont Chamber of Commerce head Pete Hanning, who's the more moderate candidate. And, you know, in our event, both were kind of almost falling over themselves to show that they're more pro-police. One of the issues Hanning's been trying to raise is the issue of defund, which, remember, was Mm -hmm. was a pretty big salient issue a couple years ago on council. He claims... As we've been hearing from some of these more moderate candidates, that's one of the reasons why the city's down hundreds of cops over the last few years, having a hard time hiring new ones. It's true that Dan Strauss did express some interest in the concept. He says, you know, less than other council folks. But generally speaking, this year, he's making a big effort to try and distance himself from that issue. So that kind of really illustrates, I think, sort of a sea change for, you know, over the last couple of years. David, you know, we're talking an awful lot about public safety and homelessness and all 
of these issues are interconnected in some ways. How are the candidates distinguishing themselves on these pretty nuanced issues? Take homelessness, take District 6, uh, you know, the Ballard-Fremont, now a bit of Magnolia area. Both candidates in that race say that they essentially support Bruce Harrell's approach to clearing homeless encampments, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is a change. But the difference in that race is the challenger, Pete Hanning, head of Fremont Chamber of Commerce, says it's not occurring quickly enough in some cases. And in our event, he pointed to an encampment along Leary Way that he says has been there, you know, for a couple of years. The city's paid careful attention to that and created a process for a homeless encampment removal starting a couple of months ago. Strauss said, look, it takes time to get people offers of service or shelter, like tiny homes, and that that's the right way to clear encampments. In other races, you see a much starker contrast with the more progressive candidates saying they're opposed to Bruce Harrell's approach to clearing encampments and the more moderate candidates saying, no, we support Bruce Harrell's approach. Where do you see the starkest differences between candidates? You know, one of the races where we see differences anyway is District 2 in South Seattle. The incumbent there, Tammy Morales, is consistently on the left of this current council, kind of over there with Shama Sawant to some extent. Her challenger, Tanya Wu, is a Chinatown International District activist, and she's made public safety and concerns about things like public drug use, the centerpiece of her campaign. So on that issue, you see this in other races, there's a difference of opinion about the recent ordinance that made public drug use and possession illegal or prosecutable, I should say, under Seattle City law, with Tanya Wu urging the council and urging Tammy Morales to vote for that law because of her concerns about not just public drug use, but how that's affecting area residents and businesses in areas like Little Saigon saying, please, you know, vote for this. And Tammy Morales standing true to her progressive principles and saying, no, this isn't the right way to deal with addiction. The carceral state or policing or jailing people is not the right approach. I don't want to resurrect the war on drugs. So in that race, you do see some pretty clear contrasts, although, you know, it must be said that by any national standards, both of those candidates would qualify as very progressive, I would say. And to be honest, all the candidates are up against serious issues that no council has managed to really make a dent in as long as I've been in this city, David. What can voters even really expect from their candidates when it comes to making major changes in the city? I mean, that's a that's a great question. And it's a huge question. And, you know, politics are kind of unfair. Generally speaking, when voters are dissatisfied, they'll punish the incumbents, whether they caused inflation or the price of gas to rise or whatever or not, right? I'm not 100% sure that we're even going to see that, though, in this election. It's not clear to me that we're going to suddenly lurch in in a more moderate direction. If you you kind of go race by race and kind of game out who's going to win, it's not at all clear that that's going to happen. But even if it did, as you said, addressing these big issues like homelessness, sometimes it takes time, right? Public addiction, it takes time. So when you've got big problems like this, thousands and thousands of people dealing with homelessness, you know, there's no magic bullet. There's no panacea. It's not going to it's not going to change overnight. Yeah. And government certainly isn't nimble in a lot of cases, David. Well, the election is Tuesday, November 7th. How much is the council poised to change after we know the results? 
I want to bring it back to uh, Shama Sawant not running for re-election this year. And every so often I get a chance to go on national shows where people will say, you know, describe Seattle politics to me. <laughs> and I was able to say the political spectrum in Seattle city government runs from sort of Joe Biden Democrats on the far right to revolutionary Marxists on the far left. And I, I won't be able to say that anymore. No matter who wins, either one of the two candidates running to replace her, it's going to be a big change. Yeah. The other point thing I you know, say is there's three other open seat races this year and even potentially a fourth next year because Teresa Mosqueda is running for King County Council. So no matter what direction voters choose to go in, there's going to be a really big change on the Seattle City Council next year, no matter what. All right. KUOW political reporter David Hyde, really appreciate it. Thanks, Trish. You can find all the district dashes on KUOW.org. You've also got a link in the show notes. Thank you for listening to Seattle Now. You know it. This show is only possible with your support. Thank you so much for contributing during our last membership drive. If you haven't contributed, you can still do so now. We still have that link in the show notes. Help Seattle Now stay strong by contributing to KUOW. Today's episode was produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez and Vaughn Jones. Our production team also includes Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil Moore, Matt Martin, and Lucy Suchek. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.